0: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to The Corbett Report. I'm your host, James Corbett of CorbettReport.com, and you are tuned into Questions for Corbett. And this week on the D program, we're going to look at a question that comes in from the comment section on a previous edition of Questions for Corbett, namely QFC number 66, What is the Who? And on the in the comment section at CorbettReport.com, Corbett Report member Scott wrote the following... Ohio James. I was reading some of the comments on a Jason Burmas video the other day and came across a comment that suggested that there was a link between the 2019 flu jab and COVID-19. Unfortunately, there was no link to any evidence of this. This got me thinking as I had the flu jab back at the end of November, and my very next blood test in December showed that my tumor markers were elevated for the first time since my operation. I had bile duct cancer back in September 2017. The tumor markers have continued to rise despite no tumors showing in my CT or PET scans. I did ask my doctor wife if the two could be related, but she didn't think this was possible. Have you heard anything on this link between the 2019 flu jab and COVID-19? Do you have any thoughts on the matter?" Jamata, Scott. Thank you for the question, Scott, and thank you for the additional Japanese. And it seems to me there are two parts of this question. One, related to your tumor markers, and the other related to the connection or correlation between 2019 influenza vaccination and COVID-19. On the latter part, yes, I certainly do have not just thoughts, but actual links and documents and evidence to talk about. And I'm going to direct your attention to an article called The Influenza Vaccine and COVID-19, which I think is worthy of your attention because it is not only well-researched, but more importantly, documented. Double underline that word, documented. There are links to mainstream medical science journals that document everything that is being claimed in this article. So what is this article claiming? Uh, Let's skip to the uh, summary of this article at the top where it says flu injection, fatal infection. And it makes the point that the top 10 countries in terms of COVID-19 mortality, as evidenced by Johns Hopkins themselves, are Belgium, Peru, the UK, Spain, Italy, Chile, Sweden, the US, Mexico, and France. And wouldn't you know it, all of them, every single one of those countries, injected more than 49% of their elderly populations with the flu vaccine. This can be contrasted with the bottom 10, the lowest COVID mortality uh, countries, Rwanda, Thailand, Mozambique, Sri Lanka, Papua New Guinea, Uganda, Tanzania, Taiwan, and Vietnam. With the exception of a 49% vaccination rate in Taiwan, All of those countries had extremely low flu vaccination rates. So there are many different things that we could point to as potential reasons for this, and they do suggest, for example, one might object that these countries may lack in testing ability, but careful serological study of multiple countries in Africa has shown that while in fact many cases were missed, this is because the residents were in fact not very ill. So once again, even high instances of cases... Uh, being reported by serological studies, antibodies being found. Again, take these studies for what they're worth. But at any rate, even using these manipulated statistics, you can show that there is a direct correlation between high coverage of influenza vaccination and High COVID mortality. What does that mean? There are many ways to explain this, but first we have to show the correlation, and that is exactly what this article does with a lot of data that, again, is coming from mainstream medical sources. And it's important to point out that, yes, this article is taking these statistics that are being reported by the health agencies and Johns Hopkins and other official sources at face value and using those, what we know to be manipulated statistics, and showing that there is the correlation between. Uh, COVID-19 fatalities, and flu vaccination coverage rates. So even using these manipulated numbers, we can f- find that out. If you want to know more about the manipulation of the numbers and how they can be fudged, I would suggest people go to CorbettReport.com Coronastats for my episode on lies, damned lies, and coronavirus statistics, where even at that time, back several months ago, there were many epidemiologists and others pointing out the glaring statistical errors, errors that were being made deliberately, uh, in order to gin up the so-called COVID-19 crisis. But, again, taking all of these numbers at face value and using mainstream scientific uh, studies, we can show a correlation between flu vaccination coverage and COVID-19 fatality. So that's exactly what this article does. It starts with a section on low COVID-19 fatality rates seen in countries with low influenza vaccine coverage. And they take data from many countries all around the world, And they show that in every case of COVID uh, deaths per million or deaths being attributed to COVID per million exceeding 250, every single one of those cases has at least 49% coverage uh, of influenza vaccination in their elderly population. And uh, again, they attack that from a couple of different ways, looking at different charts, I will as again, exhort you to go and read this article through for yourself so you can see all of the data, where it's coming from, how it's sourced, and how it's being presented. But in this section, they conclude, one, countries with high flu flu vaccine coverage as of July 2020 suffered up to at least 20 times more COVID-19 fatalities per million as countries with low coverage. And two, there appears to be a tipping point that occurs at about 45 to 50 percent of flu vaccine coverage, which is an important point. At that tipping point, there seems to be a clear association with a- increased fatality from or being attributed to COVID-19. But over that tipping point, it doesn't seem to be correlated. So a- any anywhere from 45 to 50% and up, one would expect a higher incidence of COVID uh, fatalities, but th- it's not uh, directly linked from that point forward. An important point that we'll come back to in a moment. But Next, the article goes through high flu coverage rates might make individual COVID infections more lethal. And it talks about the ways that uh, high death uh, versus case rates can be calculated and how other than Hungary, which has a special aluminum adjuvant in its flu vaccine, there is a uh, clear case where high death per case rate uh, uh, is correlated to high flu vaccination. So again, they show that in a couple of different scatter plots that you can look at and see the clear correlation that's going on there with Hungary as the outlying exception. Again, because uh, at least as is suggested, they, the thing that is different about Hungary is that they are the only country to use aluminum as an adjuvant in their vaccines. If you don't know what adjuvant is, I suggest you look it up because these types of things are exceptionally important to know in this age of biosecurity. Uh, and then that goes on to talk about how the flu shot also correlated with excess deaths in 2017, and it says in 2017, there was unusually high excess mortality during the flu season in Europe caused by an A. H3N2 flu that was poorly matched to the vaccine. And it says, as explained below, we'll get into that later, the flu vaccine can increase vulnerability to any infection not specifically covered by the vaccine. Therefore, it might be expected to increase mortality in any year in which the primary dangerous circulating pathogen is not a specific vaccine flu strain, which happens more often. Than uh, I think is uh, commonly understood. Uh, at any rate, it certainly happened in 2017, and again, as they show through the scatter plot, uh, high percentage of elderly population being receiving the flu vaccine is directly correlated to excess deaths in that flu uh, flu season. And again, that's referring to the 2017 flu season. So this isn't just about the most recent flu vaccine and COVID-19. This is looking at uh, a broader phenomenon. Potentially. Again, correlation does not equal causation, but there is a correlation that can be found in different years. Uh, And then it goes on to make the point that correlation between flu shot coverage and COVID-19 mortality uh, seen in the United States. But this is where that previous tipping point idea comes in. uh, Important. It notes that every state uh, has a flu vaccination coverage of at least 50% in the elderly population. And since that 50% is the tipping point, there is no statistical pattern to be found in the different... Uh, state states, even if there was, say, 50% coverage versus 60% coverage versus 70% coverage, there is no statistical data to be found there, no specific correlation. Um, again, this relates back to that tipping point idea that was seen in the previous scatter plots, and they have a few different scatter plots and a couple of bar charts to uh, examine if you want more information on that. As I say, this is a very detailed and thorough article with lots of links and lots of data, so once again, I uh, exhort you to read through it for yourself. Uh, But let's get towards where they're going with this. What does this mean? Because once again, we can see the correlation. There is a statistical correlation that is identifiable here in high vaccination coverage amongst the elderly population and high numbers of deaths being attributed to COVID. Uh, What does that mean? Is there a causation or at least a mechanism that we could speculate causation here? And the answer again is yes. And they go through this in some detail in the concluding yellow box of this article, where they talk about the flu shot never supported by science. They talk about corruption, not public health, being behind the, vac- the push for flu vaccination. And then it gets into a section on the flu shot makes a flu pandemic worse? Question mark. And this is referring to the 2009 swine flu scandemic, which I did touch on in my What is the Who? questions for Corbett, so there's more information on that in that previous podcast, but here they get into the point that uh, in that 2009 swine flu season, there was a correlation that was found uh, between people who took the flu vaccination in the 2008-2009 season and people who had medically attended swine flu in the 2009 pandemic season. Uh, That is to say that people who were presenting symptoms of uh, and and being medically attended, actually having to go to hospital or go to a doctor for that flu, were more likely to have taken the flu vaccine the previous year. And this doesn't come from one or two. This comes from four separate observational studies that were conducted in Canada. And like everything else uh, that's talked about in this article, there is a link to the specific article where they go through uh, those connections. And then it notes, public health experts were shocked by these findings, but kept their lips sealed as Big Pharma and their sponsored government agencies used the public spotlight on the flu in 2009 as a springboard to push for an even larger flu vaccination program. Uh, and they provide a very interesting link to an interesting article that is uh, tangential to the, the, the flu pandemic Story, but is very much at the heart of this question about flu safe, vaccine safety and how it is reported in the media. Specifically, this is a comment or a, uh, a letter that was published in the British Medical Journal, the BMJ. Again, mainstream medical science here, not fringe uh, conspiracy site or anything. Uh, from Alan S. Cunningham, a retired pediatrician in Cooperstown, New York, who wrote, under the, the uh, BMJ heading of reporting flu vaccine science, rapid response... Official Double Talk Hides Serious Problems with Flu Shot Safety and Effectiveness. And in this article, Dr. Cunningham writes, After weeks brooding about the Donahue article linking flu shots to miscarriages, and there is a link, uh, or at least it references, and I will provide the link to that actual uh, uh, article they're talking about, uh, linking flu shots to miscarriages, it says, uh, it was with a sense of relief that I read Rob Wypon's narrative of media attempts to sweep a serious vaccine safety issue under the rug. He points out the hypocrisy, his words were double standard, of authorities who dismissed the Donahue paper because it was an observational study. Year after year, they have quoted observational studies to announce vaccine effectiveness, 60% vaccine effectiveness, 40% effectiveness. They do not mention that these studies make no effort to look for adverse vaccine effects. For example, narcolepsy, seizures, high fever, oculorespiratory syndrome. They do not mention negative vaccine effectiveness, the increase in risk of illness from influenza and non-influenza viruses associated with or caused by the vaccines. They do not mention that a vaccine effective in one season may increase influenza risk in a subsequent season. Read about antibody-dependent enhancement to understand one explanatory mechanism. They do not mention that the observational studies they refer to are likely to exaggerate vaccine effectiveness in the first place because of the healthy user effect well known to epidemiologists. So this person is making the point that when a a serious study comes out with serious questions about flu vaccine safety and efficacy, uh, it is immediately dismissed by the big pharma-funded science explainers this the the farm splainers in the corporate science science media as oh that's just an observational study it doesn't prove anything we don't really know Uh, there's many explanations they just they find many ways to dismiss those studies but they rely on the very same types of studies the same observational studies to trumpet oh the vaccine was 80 percent effective this year and it saved so many lives and uh they they dismiss many other uh potential details. And as I say, there are many different uh, s- uh, references cited here in this article that I'll let you read through for yourself. But at the end of the article, Dr. Cunningham concludes by saying, Wypon's article provided new insight for an old baby doctor who at one time was a wholehearted vaccine advocate, but lately has been exasperated by bullying and double talk from vaccine authorities. Let us hope that his article helps to sustain an honest discussion about the safety and effectiveness of influenza vaccines. And sadly, that, are, uh, that uh, letter was published in January of 2018 in the British Medical Journal. Well, here we are in September of 2020, and I, I, I lament the fact that that open and honest discussion that Dr. Cunningham was looking for there has not yet taken place. Um, I'm not exactly holding my breath for that discussion to take place in the big pharma-funded corporate science media. Um, But it is an important part of all of this. The reason why not only yourself, Scott, but your doctor wife doesn't really, uh, has never heard of this, doesn't, doesn't know any mechanism that would explain any linkage between flu vaccination and COVID or any other disease. It's because these types of results are not widely published and trumpeted in the same way that the vaccine is a safe and effective types of studies are trumpeted and made well-known to doctors. Why is that? Um, And then finally, the the final point to make here in this article uh, that we're talking about, the link between the flu vaccine and COVID-19, they say the flu shot promotes other viruses. And it reads, as alluded to above, 2009 was not an anomaly. The flu shot routinely increases the rate of infection with other pathogens negating any benefits of the shot. While many of the studies of this phenomenon uh, worked with patients who had freely chosen whether or not to take the flu shot, one study met the gold standard of a blinded, randomized, placebo-controlled trial. While it has been generally hypothesized that the mechanism of the increase in non-flu illnesses is viral interference, the observation that illness with one virus may block others it was found by Reichen et al. in 2018 that the increase in non-flu infections starts in the first 14 days after the receipt of the flu vaccine before any immunity to the flu has developed. This indicates that like the DTP vaccine and other inactivated pathogen vaccines, the vaccine engenders non-specific immune system changes which increase vulnerability to certain other infections. Most of the studies on the flu vaccine have focused on children or found statistically significant results only in children. However, one study to find an effect in adults found that while the flu shot appeared to offer cross-protection against certain pathogens for this population, the vulnerability to several other pathogens, including coronavirus, was specifically increased. This study was with regards to old coronaviruses, though not COVID-19. The potential of the flu shot to fuel COVID-19, however, was firmly established and as we demonstrated above can now clearly be seen in the COVID data. And I hope by this point you understand why I'm constantly referring you back to this article that I'm reading from so you can find the sources. There are multiple sources in this paragraph alone to the specific medical peer-reviewed published medical literature that they're referring to here that proves every part of what they're saying, including uh, the, uh, the study that was published in Vaccine uh, late, uh, actually January of this year, 2020, Influenza Vaccination and Respiratory Virus Interference Among Department of Defense Personnel During the 2017-2018 Influenza Season, which notes that receiving uh, influenza vaccination may increase the risk of other respiratory virus viruses, a phenomenon known as virus interference, and then concludes that receipt of influenza vaccination was not associated with virus interference among our population which they then immediately contradict by saying that vaccine derived virus interference was significantly associated with coronavirus and human metapneumovirus uh, which yes let us put it, put in the caveat you silly conspiracy theorists this this study was published in January of 2020. It was conducted a year before that. It, it, it's not referring to COVID-19. SARS-CoV-2 didn't even exist at that time, theoretically. So, th- no, they're not talking about SARS-CoV-2. They're not talking about this new novel coronavirus. They're talking about other types of coronavirus. You know, the, the, the other old coronaviruses that we knew about. But yes, you know, the flu vaccine did. It was significantly associated with uh, viral interference that actually Caused infection with coronavirus, so yes, there there seems like maybe that deserves further study rather than simply dismissing it as oh that's been debunked that's not talking about COVID 19 that's not talking about SARS CoV 2. <laughs> well, maybe someone should investigate that, don't you think? Uh, which again shows the fundamental dishonesty in the debate that Dr Cunningham was referring to in that BMJ uh, comment. So. Again, there's so much data to go through here and so little time, I suppose. We've already spent a lot of time on this. And as I say, I will direct you to this article, The Influenza Vaccine and COVID-19, for many, many, many more references. And I think this aspect of it probably deserves its own entire uh, separate study in Propaganda Watch or something else. But I, I will say that this article that I'm referring you to is at something called the Home vaccine Education Network.com, which I know nothing about in terms of an organization or who's behind it or what it does. I, 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 I'm I pretty sure it has a strong slant against the vaccination and specifically against this flu vaccine. I think that that is very apparent, at least in this article. Um, but... Any So I I would put the caveat on this. If you're going to send this article out to any normies in your life, I guarantee you the normies in your life will say, the Home Vaccine Education Network, well, that's not a reliable source. You might as well just send me a kooky conspiracy site. Oh, I'm not going to read that because that is the way that people have been trained to uh, dismiss any information without even looking at the information, which is why I keep exhorting you to go to this article to see all of this the cited, linked, scientific, peer-reviewed, published articles that they are using to back up these claims. This is 100% normie-safe information. It's just not going to be in an article that is hosted on a site that they would approve of. So if you want to send this information out to others, I would suggest you go and get the actual scientific articles that back up what you're saying and send those out and link it up uh, in, in some sort of narrative yourself. If you can explain it to someone else using the actual source documents, then... Well, that's very much more effective and more like, and less likely to be dismissible immediately and out of hand uh, without the person receiving this information even looking at it. It's not to say they won't dismiss it immediately and out of hand, but <laughs> at least they won't have that particular excuse to do so. As I say, that's a whole other discussion about sourcing of information and how it influences people's perceptions of information. But as I say, if... If someone with a genuinely open mind goes through this article and follows the links, they will find a lot of information in here that really does raise significant questions and really does show there is a statistical correlation between high flu vaccine uh, coverage, at least in the elderly population, and deaths attributed to COVID-19. Again, what does that even mean? As I say, there are many different possible explanations for this, but they do provide some at the end there, and I'll throw another one out there. Well, what if the deaths that are being attributed to COVID-19 actually have more to do with the influenza vaccination than anything uh, that is being called COVID-19 based on Uh, faulty antibody uh, serological tests and other sorts of tests, PCR tests that are uh, ramped up to the point where they're uh, scientifically useless, etc. Maybe there might be a different reason, a more direct uh, thing that we can say between the people who are falling sick and the people who uh, had that flu vaccine coverage. But again, that is... I don't have the the definitive article that's going to make that case for you. I just put, put that out there as one possible explanation for this correlation. There are many others. So... I hope, uh, Scott, that this at least goes towards answering your question. I don't know about this specifically with relation to the tumor markers, but I'm sure there are at least some uh, parts of this story that you could add up towards uh, viral interference and other sorts of explanations for a causal mechanism between uh, association with flu vaccination and some sort of increase in, in tumor markers or other things to do with, with your cancer or, or things along those lines. Again, I'll let you connect those dots for yourself. And hopefully introduce your doctor wife to some of this information. Maybe not from the Home Vaccine Education Network, but from the scientific peer-reviewed articles that are linked up here. Uh, At any rate, I think we're going to leave this exploration here for today. This is James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. Looking forward to talking to you all again very soon. The Corbett Report is brought to you by The Corbett Report subscriber. A weekly newsletter featuring James Corbett's International Forecaster Editorial, recommended reading and viewing, discounts on Corbett Report DVDs, and once a month, a subscriber-only video. Sign up today to start receiving your copy at corbettreport.com support.